0: Thank you for tuning in to episode 99 of The Virtual Couch. Uh, 99. I, I only had to take one math class in college, but I am pretty sure that that is very close to 100. Thank you, listeners, for continuing to download, rate, review, and spread the word of The Virtual Couch. Uh, look at that. You're almost making me get emotional. And I haven't even got to the part yet where I say I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction or just trying to to put pornography behind them, once and for all, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome a addiction to pornography or even just trying to get it out of their lives. Again, um, I'm running a special on the Path Back, something I've never done before, and uh, it's, it's, it's going well, it's well-received, and some of the feedback that I've received is um, honestly just saying Hey, thank you for just saying that it's not an addiction, because uh, I think I went into this at the beginning of the last episode. Um, Even that that word addiction carries so much weight with it. But in my world, addiction, not addiction, if it's something that you you end up turning to as a coping mechanism, whatever it is, and uh, you don't want to do that anymore. There is a way to, to get help to overcome that, and that's what the Path Back is. So the Path Back special is um, it's uh, if you use the coupon code, go to PathBackRecovery.com. You can sign up for the program. Use the coupon code Happy New Year, all one word, and it's fifty dollars off the program. And I'm going to do that through January fifteenth. And please stop by TonyOverbay.com. Sign up to get more information on upcoming programs on happiness, couples communication, premarriage communication, anger management. Uh, you name it. So many good things coming in 2019 and your email will never be sold or shared or anything like that. You can find me on Instagram at virtual couch on Facebook at Tony Overbay, licensed marriage and family therapist. And uh, on Twitter, uh, I think it's Tony Overbay, And we also have couch virtual at couch virtual. Somebody had virtual couch. And uh, so uh, I think I'm doing mostly this stuff goes automatically on Twitter to Tony Overbay. So I'm um, trying to trying to populate that at couch virtual thing at some point. But let me get to the episode today. Uh, Elizabeth Mortensen. This is my guest today. And she and I talk about it. So I'll keep it brief. But uh, she's also known as Eat Squat Mom, which I love that. I love that name. Um, but again, we talk about that on the podcast right out, of the get, right out of the gate. But I love it when people who listen to the virtual couch recommend guests to me and this is one of those where several people had uh, had suggested that I reach out to her and my, my wife had uh, followed some of the things that she did. I've, I've looked at her account on Instagram and and I even went to her website and I was kind of intimidated. This is the truth. And I think that's the part where when when people say, you know, you should have this person on my own insecurities and my own imposter syndrome kicks in. And I think, you know, they're not going to want to be on my podcast. And and at our core, it, you know, I don't think I don't think people naturally enjoy rejection. And, uh, you know, I try not to fuse to that thought. I know it's not a productive thought to get down about that. That's just part of the business, part of trying to get guests on. But almost weekly, I reach out to guests that I would like to have on. Um, And just, I don't know, the top of my head, looking back in the early days of the virtual couch, um, Paul Gilmartin, who's host of the Mental Illness Happy Hour, uh, talked about depression. Nikki Kimball, who is literally, I mean, some argue the greatest female ultra runner of all time, um, that she was on the podcast. I mean, there's a bunch of people that I reached out to that just said, sure, they would come on. On, but there are so many guests that fall through. Uh, you know, I keep talking about doing a series of podcasts about ADD and ADHD, and I've had some guests there fall fall through. Um, I've been reaching out to a lot of people trying to get an expert on something called HSP, which is fascinating. HSP stands for Highly Sensitive Person, and it's not a disorder, but it's a type of individual. And it was something that I honestly hadn't heard about, and uh, I had someone bring it to my attention. I've been doing a lot of research in that area, and it's pretty fascinating. And so there are some people that I work with that. Um, I wonder if they kind of fall into that category. So I've been trying to get somebody on in the world of HSP and I literally can't get anyone to get back to me. Um, there's a really fascinating that a lot of people from the Christine Hammond episode on narcissism, we teased borderline personality disorder. And so Christine and I are going to talk about that in the future, but there's a treatment for borderline personality disorder called DBT dialectical behavioral therapy, which I'm fascinated by as well. I don't know it really well. And that's one of those things where I've reached out to a couple of people locally to me that run DBT groups or specialize in DBT and they don't get back to me. So, I mean, some of those things are frustrating. So I only bring that up because, um, You know, that's one of those things where I I wanted to reach out to Elizabeth, eat squat mom, and I think I already went down this path of, "Ah, you know, she's kind of a big deal. She probably won't get back to me. But so then I all of a sudden learned that she is not just local to me, but she is literally in the same city as me. And I have not stalked her, but I guarantee you I don't live in a big town, so I'm sure I've literally probably ran by her house when I'm putting on additional miles uh, during heavy training periods. But uh, So I did reach out, and I'm so glad I did because this isn't simply an episode about getting fit or eating, or squatting, or momming. Um, Elizabeth has been in so many different places literally, and she'll talk about that too, but also emotionally when it comes to fitness or eating or exercising or parenting. And she just really is open. And she talks about being on both ends of that spectrum. And I don't want to give away more, but she's just, it's truly inspiring. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, I get a lot of feedback on my personal passion, except one of the things that I love talking about, which is acceptance and commitment therapy, also known as ACT or ACT. And uh, I was so impressed that how she basically was preaching the same message and she didn't even realize it. Um, message in, in general that you know hey we're all unique we come to this place in our lives right here right now is only we can do in the world of acceptance and commitment therapy they call them your um your private experiences and uh, psychology it's your schema it's all the things that have brought you your baggage to where you are today and how does that apply that even when we are trying to adhere to some sort of diet or fitness or exercise program um you know, ultimately we're, we're not probably going to do it perfect. So when we're trying to do someone else's plan or someone else's truth or someone else's rule or view, there's a pretty good chance that when we don't, follow it exactly to the T that we're going to think that something's wrong with us. And then we're going to fuse to that thought of, see, I knew I couldn't do it or I can never stick to this or that whatever that story is in our brain. And then when we fuse to that, you know, when we buy into that story, when that becomes our reality, then we don't actually have to do the, the work, the hard work. And so um, Elizabeth covers all that. and She comes from a really good place with uh, with that in mind. So, you know, we need to do something productive with the, the, this new data. And I think that she gives us a lot of new data. With these new experiences, and Elizabeth speaks to that so well. So let me get to the interview. She covers everything um, and more. I don't know where that sentence was going, but uh, you know, if if you are a fellow ADD folk and you need multiple things to do while listening, you can actually go find her on Instagram at um, eat.squat.mom, or she has a website eatsquatmom.com, and I've uh, kind of rhymed. I enjoyed that, and you can find her on Facebook as well. And here's a little kind of a fun thing, too. So the video of our interview is up on YouTube, and I just love the fact that she just makes a comment a few times about people emailing her or commenting on her arms. And uh, so here's the little teaser to have you go find um, to find uh, the video on YouTube. Uh, it's kind of funny that she mentions that a few times, and uh, you'll see why when you see the video. I'll just leave it at that. So um, let me get to my interview with Elizabeth Mortensen, a.k.a. Eat Squat Mom. You. Do, you talk, do you have your name on there, or is it just Eat Squat Mom?
1: I do have my name under Eat Squat Mom. It does say Elizabeth Mortensen. But uh-huh. I have had a couple local people, um, they say, Hey, Eat Squat Mom! <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't go by my name. But it was 4th uh, of July parade. Uh-huh. I was out in the parade helping um, a friend who opened a baby boutique, uh, La Picolina, I hope I'm saying that, here in Lincoln. And uh-huh. I was advertising stuff, and I had a couple people um, say, And I was like, that was the first time that I've been out in public where someone has acknowledged me. And I was like, uh... Was that
0: a... Were you excited? Like,
1: I was excited, but because of my personality, I was kind of, like, embarrassed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, hi, (laughs) Uh, you know, and they were like, I follow your account, I love it, you know, and so that was, that right there was, like, a really good moment for me because... Uh people were out really expressing how much they liked it. Because, you know, it's hard social media people do a lot of scrolling and they don't yeah. really comment or they don't really like and so you always wonder if you're making an impact. So That was good. And then a couple people messaged me and said, hey, I think I saw you in the parade. I get that a lot. Like, I think I saw you. Or I'll go back to Utah, and um, I go to a gym there. And Mm -hmm. I'll get a couple people be like, I think I saw you at the gym. Were you at the so-and-so gym? And I was like, yeah, next time say hi. Like, you know, so if you do ever see me. Yeah. Come say hi. Which I, I love it.
0: Do, which I not do. So uh, I think it was one of these funny things where Elizabeth and I literally live, I don't know, probably a few miles from each right, other. Right, yeah. And I, I, it was one of those things where I started hearing about Eat Squat Mom. My wife started following your account. And so to me, you're some, just this big deal and you're in I don't know, you're down in LA and you're some fitness right, studio. Right, totally. Or, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I heard that, oh no, you're you are in the same town as I am. How ironic is that? And then I saw you at the Christmas parade in Lincoln and it was that thing where... Do we go, do we go say hi? Do we not? <laughs> you know, is that going to be weird? Are like, a you know, total fan? I think boy, my right?
1: husband would have done the same for you because he's the one that introduced you to so me so to funny, the virtual right? couch. He'd probably be like, oh, there's Tony
0: Overpane. <laughs> so do we go, just walked by each other. Do we go t- say hi? Right? Yeah. So, um, but, but I'm grateful that you're here on the podcast. I, I really have, and, and I love even before the mics were hot, I think as we say in show business, right? Um, but you were talking about your, one of the big challenges for you is putting yourself out there. So right. even though you, you, and I want to hear all about your story. I want to hear what kind of put you in that spot where you felt like you did have a story to tell or you want to help people. And, um, but I just loved your... You know, your vulnerability. I never know when somebody's coming in to be a guest, if they're coming in and they're going to have a publicist and they're a diva, and you know, got you, somebody doing your hair and all that kind of stuff.
1: Nope. This is all me. Okay. All me.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk. Well, okay. Before we even get to the, tell me about yourself. Are you a new year's resolution person since it is like right now, new year's.
1: It is. Um, I have, I was, and I did it all wrong. So then I stopped doing it because uh-huh. I was doing it all wrong and now I'm back to it for okay. sure. Yeah. I definitely like to make goals and set goals and just be able to feel like hey I'm learning from this because mm-hmm. it didn't go the way that I planned and so then you start a new year and you can be like okay I'm either going to continue this because I don't ever think it's always a fresh start like yeah. it's not always like if you didn't it's not 365 days to complete this goal it's just that's kind of like where you kind of reevaluate and say did I get where I wanted to be well I'm going to keep going and you can just say hey these are the things that worked and didn't work and I like it, kind of gives you a. Well, a what's baseline, your, right? your go
0: to? What you, what's one of your goals?
1: What's one of my goals? Yeah, right now. Um, oh, right now, nothing to do with fitness. Okay. It has everything to do with um, family and just marriage and mom. I have an 11 year old who is going into the Mm preteen and I definitely am not used to that parenting style I am I love the fun little kid that just when I tell them to (laughs) do it they don't they don't necessarily do it but I can just be like do it because mom said so and now she is very much needing reason behind why it is she's definitely needing reason behind all of it and she's voicing her own opinions and she is you know, and so for me, it's it's realizing where I need to be as a mom, and those are where the goals.
0: Hey, are. what I love though that people are gonna maybe tune in, they're gonna see the Eat Squat Mom and the title, and we're obviously gonna talk a lot about uh, and not just fitness. If somebody thinks we're just gonna do give workout suggestions, right, right, nope. don't don't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but that your goals are around being a mom,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, right. And and where fitness and nutrition ties into that, and how it enables me. To be the mom that I am, because okay. I really feel like fitness and nutrition—it's a huge part of me. As not as in the way I look or making sure I, you know, eat the right foods, but what it does for me personally—that allows me to be who I am.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's let's get into the story. Okay. Right. Uh, tell me—I uh, don't know—a <laughs> little about you, what you do, and what got you to where you are now.
1: Uh. Okay. Well, I am a mom of three beautiful girls. And my husband is in the military. He is an Air Force pilot. And we are uh, going on eight years? Eight years. And I never (laughs) thought I'd be a military wife. I always Uh said, military is not for me. Why? That All those people, there's no way I could do it. And it's funny because people ask all the time, how do you do it? And the response is, you just do. There's no there's no magic to being a military wife, but I would not change it for the world. Because because of the things that it's taught me. Yeah. And um, the big thing that it's taught me and what I apply to my life and fitness and what I apply to my coaching and coaching clients is adapting. Mm. And just adapting to any situation around you, whatever that may be. It might not be something that you're in love with and thrilled with, and it's military has taken me to locations like the middle of nowhere really? Oklahoma okay. that I wasn't in love with but I had to adapt to what was there and honestly that was one of our favorite places okay. to be um, for the people there
0: um, so once you kind of that concept of uh, once I'm there I'm going to make the most of it or?
1: right yeah a little bit you know but you kind of have to just the people in Oklahoma were way different than the people then we moved to Seattle Washington and I go there you know being a military being military with a small town everyone knows the military you're all kind of interchanged to a big city where the military is spread out and people are a little bit more hermit lifestyle in that just because of the weather and stuff like oh, that and right. I was not used to that and so I could have either decided to just become someone that was a hermit and didn't like my situation and it took me a little while my husband was deployed he was gone a lot flying oh. the c-17 they were gone a lot and um that made me adapt to being having to feel like i have to adapt to this situation it's not what it was before and if i don't i'm gonna be miserable okay and then moving here again totally different yeah. totally different and so i feel like just that process of adapting has totally changed
0: me. So when you said you didn't uh, anticipate being a military wife, was this a second career for your husband?
1: No, it was just, I had seen people, like I, we had a couple family members that were military, and and I could just see how long their spouses were gone, yeah. and you would just see these re, um, people reunited on the internet, and I was just like, there's no way I could do that, and I just want to do it, and, and then... He came along and, you know, and we were, he was at BYU and he he actually served a mission with my brother. We're, you know, Uh we're LDS and Uh he served a two year mission with my brother. And so that's how we met. And he, uh, showed up at my house one day to see my brother and I just decided that he was cute enough for me to like. So Uh,
0: did you pursue him at that point?
1: Uh, no, he pursued me. Okay. But he might tell you otherwise. I am going to say,
0: that's one of those where Yeah,
1: Yeah. he might tell you otherwise. But he was already planning on doing the military, joining the ROTC down at BYU. Mm. And I remember Mm. having a conversation with him, and I had no idea, and we were in the car. And he had told me, oh, well, I'm going to go be a pilot for the Air Force. And I was like, cool, awesome, sounds good. And I remember I went home that night being like, in the world did that seem like that was such a good idea? Like, I, at that moment, but it never stopped being a good idea. Okay. Like, it was the weirdest process for me, because I felt like, if I, I thought, if I ever met someone that said they were going to be in the military, I'd be like, no, no thank you. But he just was so positive about it that i think it just helped and i think it helped the process that i was with him the whole way we we kind of did the whole rotc together i okay. kind of saw what it was like and and stuff like that so
0: kind of that uh way the uh, how do you boil a frog i don't know why anyone would want to boil a frog but you're in the water <laughs> and they slowly turn right the yeah okay. they
1: slowly turn it up yeah okay. i so think was, maybe yeah. had you been gone all the time yeah i don't know i don't okay.
0: know so. well, what did you study in
1: school <clears throat> what did i study yeah oh um i was starting my social work degree but then uh Decided to have children. So okay. I haven't actually finished my degree. I have an associate's. Okay. What? I went to Weber State, did Is two you... years at Weber State, transferred to BYU, and did a year and a half there, and then. Had my child. And I have
0: to make the the joke. So you have three daughters, right? Three daughters, So the next yeah. one will be a boy. Because that's there what happened for no me. There will be no next one. I mean, it, it works. <laughs> it does. So we did the three girls and then the next one is a boy. I mean, it is a fact, I believe.
1: But that's you. See? I'm Check. not going to compare myself to right. you because okay. that may not happen. And I'm good with
0: three. Okay. No, that's okay. good. Um, so were you always a, a fitness person? No. Oh.
1: No, not at all. Okay. Yep. I grew up not doing anything. Okay. Yeah, I grew up
0: I didn't see that coming.
1: I mean I like I did some ice skating and we were outdoors and like backpacking and yeah. hiking, but as a athletic, like as an athlete, no, I wasn't. I didn't play any sports in high school. Oh. I was academic, more nerdy kind of <laughs> you know. So I actually switched high schools because I went to a high school that was solely focused on sports and that wasn't me. So I switched high schools okay. and, um, no, I didn't do anything. I got married and I still didn't do anything. And what did you so, think
0: of fitness people at that time? Did-
1: I didn't think really anything okay. of it. Like I didn't, it wasn't a negative. it wasn't a negative thing. It was just, I never, I didn't have this perfectly toned body but i didn't have like weight that i had to lose Mm -hmm. like it wasn't ever anything that i but as a teen i mean i i'm not gonna lie i was conscious about the way that i looked i did see flaws i did Uh see things that i didn't like but i didn't have this drive or this motivation to fix them okay if that's what you want to call it um so no i didn't i didn't grow up i didn't yeah, I didn't do anything. And even marrying my husband, he, he was active. He would go to the gym, but it wasn't something that he was passionate about. I guess his fitness just came from the air force, all the fitness activity that they did in the RTC. And, um, but it wasn't until I had, I got pregnant and I gained 60 pounds with my first 60 60. and I'm five, four, so five, four, 60 pounds. That's a lot of weight to to pack on but it was I was in this denial process throughout the whole time like I'd go to the to the um the doctor and I would step on the scale and I'd be like what's wrong like yeah. I don't know what it's like because I'd look in the mirror and be like I am this cute I, I'm like this cute pregnant lady that I always thought I would be and I yeah. was like there's no doubt about it but because I had that glow and I was just happy but I was working full-time at the time and I was um and I just didn't see that I was doing anything different mm. than I was before I got pregnant.
0: Were you exercising then while you were no, pregnant? Um, no. Okay. So
1: I just, like, I didn't think I was eating differently. I didn't. But looking back, I mean, I was. Because there's no way I could put
0: on. <laughs> wasn't it, no it wasn't a 60-pound baby? Right. It, no?
1: no. Oh, trust me. That baby popped out. <laughs> okay. And I cried a little when she popped out only six pounds. <laughs> Five ounces, so I was like, Where's my dumbbell baby? You know, so yeah. I put on a lot of weight with her, and then <clears throat> I still kind of had the illusion that it would all melt off. Okay, when
0: I, after when, when, I had and honestly, like, with, did you kind of feel like I won't even have to put in any effort, or just yeah, low? I
1: just felt like, Oh, the scale was kind of wrong, yeah. like, it kind of I really just didn't think that I put on that much weight, and then um, about a, two months after I had her. I think I was down about 25 pounds, like just kind of the baby and Uh all of that stuff. And then I just kind of just mommied it. I didn't really do much or think much of it? I just kind of really had this idea that it was all just going to come off okay I, I, I never really thought I had to put any work into it well and it.
0: you and I and I hate to skip around but you I noticed when I look through your stories or you get a lot of feedback from people that are taking your program and mm-hmm. do you do you run into that a lot of where moms do feel like it was just going to go away is that why a lot of them do turn to you um
1: I want. to say there's a lot of women that feel like it was just gonna go away as much as they just don't know how to do it now okay because it's different they haven't figured out how to adapt to this different okay and some of them do have that illusion like i did that it was just going to come off in that they didn't really do anything before and they were happy before. Mm. Pregnancy changes your bodies in ways that you're not ready for. And so not only have they put on a little bit of weight, but their bodies just change differently. Mm. And so they view themselves differently. And so there's that on top of things are different now they don't have the time that they used to have and they're having to care for someone else and they're emotionally and physically drained and and so it's walking them through those processes of how to adapt you know to this new way of life and that it's okay to have these feelings okay. and these frustrations and it's okay to feel like you just can't do it all and it's okay to not exercise mm. like and that's the big thing is it's okay you just you have to be realistic with where with what you want and if you want that then you have to say okay these are things that have to change in order to get it you can't you can't just sit here and say oh well i want it but i have this this and this and this and this that's getting in the way okay well
0: well this is where i know i love when we were even trading some of the emails and and you're a big no shame no Mm -hmm. guilt person i man i I can't beat that drum loud enough and i think i'd share with you a little bit of the acceptance and commitment therapy model yeah which Mm -hmm. is is you know yeah so if my goal is to i don't know even exercise a little bit and then if it's the, okay, but I, I don't know that I just don't have time or I'm exhausted or whatever. I feel bad because the acceptance and commitment therapy model would say, oh, are you fusing to that story? And then you don't have to do the work. But then part of me feels like, man, I never had a baby. I can't imagine, um, the, like you say, the changes, hormonal changes, body changes, sleep deprivation. Yeah. I don't know. So is that a true story? You know, the, I don't have time sometimes.
1: It is. And it, the thing is, I talk a lot about prioritizing and. Okay. And where your time lies, okay? So we, and that was huge for me, is I just had to understand where my time was going. And it was not easy for me. I mean, that's like the start of my journey. Okay. It is a long okay. four-year, five-year process down that changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've i been at two extremes. I've been at, I didn't have to do anything, put on all this weight. And I've been at the extreme of, I'm over-exercising. Oh. I, I don't I feel good about myself. I'm trying to do all this and pleasing other people, and I am miserable, okay. but I am thin. Mm. And so I've been at those two extremes, and... Um, so I know that neither is a good place to be. Okay. And there's this balance that I really, really, really want to help women find is that balance. Because I think that a lot of women live in these two extremes. They live in the, I'm not going to do anything. And they live in the, I'm doing everything I possibly can. And I'm still not good.
0: Wow. So let's look at both of those. What, what, what do you think is behind the, I'm not doing anything? I mean, is that just feeling like, again, I don't know where to even start. Or um, where...
1: A lot of it is just personality, I think. Okay. Um, it's, it's finding... It's finding... Women finding what is working for them. Okay. Okay, so a lot of women come into fitness and industry with an ideal that... The fitness and she puts out, mm-hmm. you know, and that is these perfect six ab- pack abs and this perfect booty and and counting and tracking and macros and diets and quick fixes and all of this. And so they get overwhelmed with this, and they get overwhelmed thinking that they have to do it all perfectly and that they have to follow this this one particular program. I mean, if I could just tell women one thing, there is no one particular program that is going to work for you. Like you can not buy, even I'm going to sell you a program, <laughs> right, right. but I'm not going to tell you that that program is, I, I want to say that it's going to change your life because I feel like I feel strongly that I have things in there that are going to change your life, Yeah. but it's not going to do anything unless you do something about it. And so these programs that offer these quick fixes or, you know, all of these things that women fall into this trap, think, you know, if I just do this, then it's going to change me. Well, Unless you put in the work, unless you do everything that you are required to do, it will not change you. And you're not going to sustain it okay. unless you're happy doing it. Okay. And that's a huge thing. So many women. I I, I can't tell you how many women come to me and say, I've lost the weight, but I gained it back. Yeah. And the big thing is that it's that mentality of... The all or nothing, yeah, the elimination, failed, right? you, you but, okay. know, the elimination and, and telling, labeling things as good and bad. And so you take out all the bad yeah. and you only do the good, but you are the only one that is telling yourself that those are good and bad. Okay. And so when you start saying, okay, I'm taking away all this bad and then life happens and you put that bad back in, then that guilt and shame comes well, in. Well,
0: that's mind. okay. That's why I love. I was so excited to have you on because then I feel like in, in comes the therapy piece to that of then the way the brain works is it is it is hard work to maybe eat better or exercise or yeah. that sort of thing. So your brain wants to do what is easy. So mm-hmm. if it can then fuse to the, see, that didn't work, or I can't maintain this, or and if it can buy into that story, then it doesn't have to get back on and try again. And, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and like the big thing is women, well, I don't want to just say women. I think just that people in general, they tend to feel like, they're just going to give up it because it didn't work like yeah exactly instead of saying what what didn't work they just want to say it didn't work move on i'm gonna stop i can't do this this is not for me i'm never going to be able to lose weight i'm just so they just go through this negative 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 because they never in the first place understood why they wanted it
2: Okay.
1: And that's huge for me. So, like, I talk about a negative and a positive motivation cycle. Okay. And I talk about the negative, and you start off with that thought of, I hate myself right now. Yeah. I'm so fat. I don't like it. I just, I I have all of this, you know, and maybe they're not. And maybe they're just, they are a perfect size, and they don't have weight, but it's this body dysmorphia that they Mm -hmm. see. And so they have these negative thoughts of, you know, all of the, and so instead of... They use that as motivation. Okay, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. And they cut calories. They do a quick fix. They try and do all these things. They do the elimination. They label things good and bad. And so then they do all that. And then life happens. And everything that they've taken out that was bad now comes back in because those bad things are what they associated with their emotions and they said those were the comfort foods those were all of those things that they decided to just suppress and say well I'm not going to deal with those right now all I want to do is lose this weight and if I just do this then I'll be happy
2: Yeah. Yeah, and
1: so life happens and instead they don't know how to deal with it and all that bad comes back in that they've labeled and the emotions start to come back in and they start to eat and they start to gain the weight and then what happens again? Oh, I'm fat. I hate myself. I don't like it. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna slash calories. And it's like this continuous cycle that yeah. they continue to go through. And so I really try and focus on this positive motivation in that before you even start, we're not we're not Building something off of a negative thought. We're not building something off of you saying, Hey, I don't like the way that I look. We're really trying to understand what it is about you that makes you unhappy. Okay. And your weight might have something to do with it, but I can promise you that is not truly what it is that you are here for. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I go through steps. Like I'll say, Okay, so someone will say to me, Why or why do you want to lose? Or they'll come to me and they'll say, I want to lose weight. And I say, Why? And they say, because I want to fit in a swimsuit better. Why? <laughs> because I want to be able to run around on the beach with my kids. Why? Because it makes me really happy to be involved with my family. Why? Because that's where I'm the most happy. Okay, so that is your why. No, that is good. your that is why you're here. Because you are the most happy when you are able to be with your family actively. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the way that you look or how you view yourself physically it has everything to do with that. Why? So that's where we start. We say, okay, that's what we're focusing on. So we're not slashing calories to try and get into a swimsuit. We are finding out how to make you happy in that position where you're active with your family so we take steps in finding something that works for you and that's the big thing is that you're creating goals around your lifestyle so and i
0: gotta and so i love that and honestly i've never like thought this through but uh you know i love my the ultra marathons all that yeah. stuff i make the jokes i can eat ice cream and but I had this goal that I realized that I just met where so my son is a freshman in high school and he's playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And and I'm old. I'm forty nine. Like I'm super old. Oh, so old. I time. Had, but I had this goal where it's like I, I was determined I want to be able to still play basketball with my son.
2: Yeah. And
0: I still want to be able to play with him um as he was older. And and that was part of what has always kept the the motivation. And, right. Yeah.
1: And and I love that you say that. That's what's kept it. Yeah. Because that right there's why you continue to do it. It has nothing to do with you know being able to be the fastest runner or no. anything like that. Like, days are like, long
0: gone. And, <laughs> You're
1: still moving, Tony. <laughs> right? Still moving. But no,
0: I love this though because my next goal, I really want i want my grandkids to come see me at 100 mile races. Right. That, is, I, that is fueling everything, you know?
1: And and that's, yeah. no, that's perfect that. because that's what's going to make it sustainable. And so when you can adjust those goals and adapt those to your lifestyle, mm-hmm. then when life, then you start creating solutions and yeah. not excuses. And yeah. that's my big thing. You I start creating it. solutions. And then when life happens... You adapt, okay. okay. You don't. You don't sit there and start bringing all these bad back in because you never got rid of it. Mm-hmm. You learned how to make solutions to those things that you felt were bad. So you've learned how to enjoy your cookie, okay? You have Cook- learned cookies. to right, cookie, cookies. Yeah, okay. I mean, I won't tell you how many batches I made in the last two weeks, <laughs> right. but, um, but but no, yeah. I love that so that so is. then it just brings that full circle, and so then when you come back to it and you start adapting your why might change now. Mm. And so then that cycle continues, but it's positive. You're yeah. never putting yourself into that negative thought process. Because I
0: don't feel like when I eat a bag of Kit Kats, true story over the break and Reese's peanut butter cups, both of them. Right. Frozen, bags. right. Uh, frozen. Those they're chilled cups, now. They're I used chilled. to go frozen okay. in the, <laughs> the refrigerator. Um, but yeah, that, that isn't me now fusing to the, now I will never run with my grandkids story. Right. Because right. Mm-hmm. if I went there, then, then I don't have to do anything at all. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. No, I love it. I do. So, i want to hear more about the two extremes that you were at.
1: okay uh yeah so i started so it was about a year and a half after i had my daughter um and i just was i was just so unhappy i just i was 30 pounds heavier than i was when i got pregnant and i just i wasn't moving i wasn't feeling good like i was working full-time my husband was going to work I wasn't being present with my daughter like okay. I wanted to be. And I just wasn't feeling good. And I was seeing my husband like go and he'd go do his PT exercises and he was, you know, uh, timing for the half or for the mile, mile and a half. half. Yeah. And and like I just would see them run and I would go, but I would just sit there mm. like I wouldn't do anything. And so I finally was just like, "Okay, hey, this is enough. Like I'm done. And. I had my little Graco stroller, you know, the ones that are like the travel, Yo. where they have like the car seat and the stroller yeah. that go together, but yeah. it wasn't a jogging no, that's stroller. the big one, right? Oh, the big one. Yeah. And I just put my kid in there and I started running around the block. And the first time I couldn't run and I just wow. walked. And... I did that for a couple of weeks, and then I told my husband I wanted to get a gym membership. And we were college students, and so we were poor, and I mm. didn't really. But he did. He, we went and got a gym membership. And the first thing I did was, okay, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to start going early in the morning, and I'm going to cut out all the ice cream that I eat at Okay. I,
0: so all in.
1: The, yeah. The <laughs> yes. two things that... I now coach not to do, and that is eliminate and do unrealistic goals.
2: Bless you. And unrealistic
1: yeah. for me was that I was going to go to the gym five days a week every morning at 530 in the morning. Yeah. And I'm naturally more of a morning person, but that still was hard for me. And so I did for 10 days straight. I went to the gym, did what I did, eliminated ice cream, and life happened. Okay. And I wanted ice cream, and that was my go-to. And I started eating ice cream and then I felt guilty, and I felt horrible, and that the, I wasn't gonna yeah. do, I wasn't gonna be able to do that. And so instead of just putting the ice cream away and just saying, "Well, I ate ice cream,"
0: now keep moving. Now forward, keep moving. Right? Okay. Go
1: forward. I just stopped going to the gym, uh, and so it was like, oh. Uh, and then I don't, and I don't know what resurfaced to get me get back going, but I think it was a lot of it was I just realized that I had to stop trying to do something that wasn't for me, and so instead, I. Popped in a Biggest Loser Bob Harper DVD into my DVD player and started working out at home. And I just started doing these exercises and I started counting my calories and just I wasn't super strict and I wasn't like, oh, I have to make sure that I'm only eating these things. But I just was more aware. Like Mm. I just allowed myself to be more aware. And it took me about nine months Um, nine to ten months and I lost some of the weight but in the process I started running because at that time I just thought cardio you you just think cardio cardio is the way to lose the weight cardio is what you have to do and I became kind of addicted to running and but that running was also my escape and I started to like lose the weight and in that process I started to have these false beliefs that that's what people wanted me and so I stopped doing it for me like I stopped doing it because it was making me feel good I started kept doing it because I was afraid that if I stopped, number one, that I wouldn't keep... Like, I wouldn't start again. Yeah. But also because I just feared that this is what people wanted
0: me. I mean, was to that know? becoming your identity or yeah. was it, or yeah. were people like, projecting that's what that I was, you? That's
1: what I thought people thought. Okay. And it was, it was all wrong, but I was like, okay, well now my husband's got the skinnier wife. Like uh, he's got this wife back. This is what he wants. Or, you know, like I have running friends or right. I have people that are counting on me. And, and so I just kept going, even though I loved it, but I just got like, it was like, if I did not run five miles a day, mm-hmm. I was worthless um, like it, yeah, yeah. It, it was I was going to gain the way back I was not going to be that amazing person that everyone thought I was being because I was able to do this and physically and all of this and it just became this negative negative thing and I turned into like obsessive with exercise because I liked it but also because of that negative thought and so when we were trying for our second child we tried and tried, and our first one came easily. Like, it was no problem. And miscarriages. I kept having mm-hmm. miscarriages. And I finally went to the doctor after, like, a, you know, some time. And she told me that I needed to put on a little weight mm-hmm. and that I needed to stop doing my cardio like I want And I just laughed at her. Okay. Like, I was just like, I'm doing something. Like, I really thought I'm doing something so healthy for my body That it can't be negative to me. Like, it can't be negative. There's no possible way. And then, so I just kind of ignored her and went and got pregnant again and again and miscarried. And finally, I was just at a low. Like, I was just at such a low that I just didn't, I didn't like it. So I listened to the doctor. And I stopped doing cardio and I was able to sustain the pregnancy and, but I wasn't, st- I wasn't happy. Like, because I hadn't found being happy with myself. You
0: felt like, like you my- were just doing that because you had to right. at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: And okay. I didn't, I wasn't in love with it and I just didn't like it. And so that pregnancy, it was great. It was different. Only gained 20 pounds, mm-hmm. but it was because I was very aware of what I was doing. Okay. I was very aware that I wasn't going to gain the weight back. I was very aware that I had to make sure that I was going to be able to just go back to running yeah. when I could. Um, and so I had her, um, and this is my middle child. I had her, and I had some complications with the pregnancy uh, with my body that didn't allow me to do any running, and. I just, when I was in the hospital, I remember I had my daughter and like one of the first things that I said to my husband was, I wonder when I'm going to be able to run again. Mm. Like I had literally just pushed a baby out of me, natural childbirth, because I chose to do that. This amazing, hard, complicated thing. And I couldn't even embrace it. Like, I was so stuck on the idea of running again. Like, now that
0: that's done, now I can get back to running? Right. Like,
1: okay, okay, I have to get back to running because if I don't run, then I'm not going to lose this baby weight. And then you're not going to be in, like, love with me. Mm -hmm. And, like, all of these things just started. And I didn't embrace the moment. Like, I, like, looking back, it's so hard to, like, talk about. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many things I missed out in that moment. Because Mm -hmm. I was so focused on vain things, like mm-hmm. things that I just don't even want to think about. But, um...
0: And I, and I want to make sure that, I mean, it, you know, the therapist in me, right? Yeah. Is that you sharing this, there's there's somebody right now that's going to hear it, that is pregnant, that is going to be more present when they deliver That's you know, I mean... <laughs>
1: well, I hope so. Yeah. Because it definitely was a low of my lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so came home and had that complication where I wasn't able to even lift anything more than my baby. And my husband was military and he just got a new assignment and he had to do training. And so he left when my daughter was two weeks old and he left for three months to go to training. So I was left with this three-year-old and a new baby and my whole identity was wrapped in exercise and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I lost myself. Like I just, I felt so saddened and i could not be a mom like i could not be the mom and he was able to come home on the weekends because it was like four hours away and i've shared this before and um but i just the moment he came home and i just he like walked in the door and he just looked at me and i could tell that like he did not recognize the person that he was seeing Uh like i could just he just, I. it was not a look I'd ever seen from him. And I just, I mean, we had a conversation that night, which is long drawn out. And so many things happened that night that just made me realize the damage that I was doing. I was not healthy. Okay. Like, I was not. And that's where I really started to focus on health is not just the way that I look and the physical things that I do. But it is so much more about the way that I think about myself and the way that I think about how exercise is impacting me and how foods impacting me.
0: How, how did How did that conversation go that night? I mean, did How did he Did he get through, or did you have a, a like an epiphany, or?
1: Um. Well, he just he really just talked to me about who I was and reminded me of who I was, and that he didn't fall in love with this person okay. that was you know, super active and running and doing all of these things. And he just reminded me that my job was a mom and I needed to do whatever I needed to do to make me happy. Mm. And running had lost that. I wasn't happy running anymore. Like, I was just doing it for everything that was negative. And so he just really made me say, like, this is not who you are. Yeah. Like, you've got to remember who you are. And so... That took a long time, like it was not like, Oh, I woke up the next day, okay. like, Oh, hey, look at me, I'm mm-hmm. back. I mean, years and years, and I went through, and that's where I started getting into uh, some more strength training. Okay, was because I kind of was like, Okay, I've got to lose a little bit of the cardio, and I started doing a stroller fit program. Loved it. Started teaching that.
0: And I didn't even know there was such a thing. There's,
1: yeah, I loved stroller it. Fit. Stroller fit for moms. Oh, I love loved it. it. Yeah, love we moved here and I tried to start it up here, but it just didn't work out. No. But um, I that's where I got my personal training was through... I did a stroller fit class in Oklahoma where I was the participant of it. Uh-huh. And I moved to Washington and missed it so much. And so I wanted to start one up in Washington. And so that's where the personal training came in because I wanted to be able to... It was just a community I loved and the support and it was just, it was amazing. They were there for me when my husband was gone and I was going through that transition of I don't need to just, be who i think people need me to be and so it was this community that i just fell in love with Mm. and i wanted to give that to other women because i wanted women to see there's so many other people like them and you got that in that community because it was just a bunch of moms and trying to be active and be the best person that they could be and it wasn't full of competing and comparing and and stuff and so i wanted that up there and so when i tried to do that but That was, there's four years difference between my second and my third, and that still has to do with, I had trouble conceiving. Okay. And I still was working on it, but I still wasn't in that 100% happy place. And so again, the doctor told me I had to put on
0: weight. So was it easier to hear that time? It was a
1: little bit easier, but it was that like eye roll of like, oh, like not like why me? Like I went through this, like. I know people who are running marathons pregnant. Like, why me? Why I'm doing something so healthy? But it was just that lesson of patience and that lesson of what you think is healthy, it's not. Yeah, You know, and a lot of that I feel is just mental. Like, I I was not mentally in a place that I was ready, you know? And so, um, but that pregnancy was far different because I finally just was like, okay, and... Um, I read a book that helped me just, you know, understand my body and what it was going through. And, Do you remember what the book was called? Yeah, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Okay. Um, so, awesome book. I recommend it to so many people. So many people that I've struggled with um, conceiving and just understanding their body and what their body is going through. Just so much good in it. And um, I just, I had such an amazing pregnancy with my mm. third and I was not um, focused on like tracking my calories. I just was active. Like I just, I just worked out because I loved working out, and I just ate because I loved to eat, and I still only gained twenty pounds. Okay. Like it was night and day different.
0: So the mindset you kind of oh got, for sure really? yeah. yeah,
1: and I still was working on myself, but I but I had my. So when I had my third daughter, again, natural birth and totally different. I embraced it. I loved it. And I still had those complications that I had with my second. Mm. And, but I, I just, I embraced being a mom. I took in being a mom. I, I, I don't know. It was just so different. And then once I got back to being able to exercise, I did it slowly. And I just, I took time to allow my body to work again. Okay. And
0: um how, how old is your youngest? She
1: just turned 4.
0: Okay. So this is fairly recent then. Right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, but and so I I went and I worked on a lot of that and then in the process I was kind of training people on the side, not really doing anything, but I still was in a coaching aspect of this is what works for me, so here you go. Let's do this. Yeah. And it was still a lot of track your calories, okay. do do these exercises, do this. It wasn't a lot of, let's find out what's going to work for you. Well, Do you, do you feel like
0: that's because your journey is so unique when you were doing that coaching. Was that not quite authentic to you? I mean, no,
1: was, it was kind of like just personal trainer. Here yeah, I am. Yeah. It wasn't me really helping you
0: succeed. Okay.
1: It was me just like, okay, here you go. This is almost, almost this
0: is what I have learned. Yeah, this is what my yeah. experience has been or this is what
1: mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't the coach that I am now. And I am forever grateful for 2 years ago when I started up Eat Squat Mom because it has helped me grow as a coach because I've been able to get people that aren't just like my friends or family members, yeah. but other people and I have grown so much as a coach because I've seen how different people are and how unique and how valuable and how their qualities are tremendous. And just if they only believed in themselves, like I believe in them, then I just, I mean, they wouldn't need me. So. <laughs> but, and
0: again, you you wouldn't have had that that uh, view if you hadn't have gone through oh, the things you did. no,
1: no. Yeah. Because I see women in the extremes. Yeah. And I see where they are. And I, and I know like the best thing is that I know that it's possible not to be there anymore. Mm. Like I know that you can be happy. Like I, I just know it. Like, so is it
0: hard then to you cause you do know it. You're not just, you know, you weren't just a, uh, I think we were joking even before that it wasn't just like you genetically were blessed with these six yeah, pack abs. Yeah. And so you're just like, no. come on, you can do it. You know, you're like, no, you really can do you it. You really right? can.
1: You really <laughs> can. And I, but the, the big thing is I'm like, you really can do it. But it's going to take time. Like, even though I have this 12-week, which is now pushing to a 14-week course, um, it's not going to be magic in the 14. You're not going to all of a sudden be way better than you were. I mean, you're going to be better, but you're not going to be perfect and all of a sudden just... Be able to move on. Okay. I still am working on... I'm still working on those inner demons that's yeah. telling me I didn't work out today, so now I can't have a cookie. Like, okay. I'm still working on those. And I think I always will. Yeah. It's just the way that I view food and how that is. and But I've learned how to rethink things. And I've learned to work through a thought process instead of an instant thought being my only
0: thought, which I love. I mean, as a, as a therapist who teaches couples communication and parenting and, you know, I blew it with my kids probably you know, over the weekend, right? And, I, right? and I feel that's the thing where it's like, should, should I know by now, you know? Right, But yeah, but yeah we're not going to get that perfect. So tell me uh, your, what is confidence then? I mean, because I feel like that's one of those words that's just thrown out there. Yeah. You got to be confident, but then what is one person's confidence versus another? Or is yeah. that another one of those stories that somebody can say, yeah, I guess I'm not very confident then?
1: Um, I con- Well, first off, I'm going to tell you confidence is not the way that you look. Okay. People, social media does a really good job in letting people believe that there are such confident people out there because they are showcasing this wonderful, perfect side of them. Mm-hmm. And that could be their biggest insecurity. Yeah. I mean, my biggest insecurity is putting my face in public, like, publicly <laughs> putting myself out there on a social media, like... <laughs> That is, like, a huge fear. Like, I am not confident in that. Okay,
0: I just had to tell you. So I love, I'm texting Elizabeth and I, when, an hour before we start, and I just said, hey, you're super good at all the Instagram stuff, so can we do some of that? And you're like, oh, I hate that stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I hate, I
1: hate Insta <laughs> stories. They are not yeah. for me. I yeah. just, I don't do well with that. But the big thing with confidence is... Okay, so what it's not is that. It's not the way you look. It's not how much money you have. It's not all that. And people base confidence around that. Yeah. Like, they just, they think that that's what confidence is. And it's not. And, oh, man, I looked up confidence one day. And I wish I had written that down. I didn't even write that down. But um, what confidence was, like, the definition of confidence. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so amazing. Um, But it, people want to look at other people. And I love this quote someone said sometime where it was like, the grass is greener on the other side because they water it.
2: Oh. Okay. And
1: and people always think it's better over there or they have confidence over there, but they don't understand what they're doing in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fitness and nutrition for me, I'm confident in that area. And because I'm confident in that area, it allows me to be confident in other areas. Okay. Or gain confidence yeah. in there. Because you asked me four years ago to come on a podcast and I would have laughed at you and told you no. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no way I would be sitting here on this couch. But I really firmly believe it spills over into other aspects of your life. And I don't think that you can sit there and say I'm not a confident person just over one thing. Yeah, sure. One thing in your life. And so I think that's where a lot of women get hung up is they just feel like I don't feel confident in a bathing suit. So I'm not confident. No, 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 no. It's not the way that you look. Confidence is ownership okay. and it's how you decide to own your choices and when you decide that whatever choices you're making are yours and yours only no one else can decide or make those choices for you then you're going to build confidence and that for me is where fitness and nutrition has come into play and what I want fitness and nutrition to be for women is is that that way to show them like hey I'm confident because I'm owning these choices. I'm changing my life. I'm changing the way I think, the way that I view things, and that is going to push me in other areas of my life. Confidence in my marriage, confidence yeah. in my ability to be a mom, confidence in all of those things, and so I think it's just a way to sh- to just show that you have confidence um, in all areas. Well, and
0: I call I, I, I refer to I have a my emotional baseline theory. So it's like when you get those things going well in your area. Uh, in your area in your life it builds up uh your i call it your emotional baseline yeah. and then now all of a sudden other things seem more possible when right. you're when you're down everything seems overwhelming right, right? Yeah. um so the the book that i love on acceptance and commitment therapy is actually called the confidence gap and when i'm recommending that to people i i always say i don't like the title because i feel like it's such a motivational speakery kind of title but the whole point that it's making is is exactly what you're saying where it's saying we often say well, I will, I will, you know, I have to have confidence. Um, well, what it says is like, I'll have confidence when I have the six-pack apps. Oh, right. But but it, the reality is, you know, I have to start just making those steps and mm-hmm. I will gain confidence. And then quite frankly, I might not even care if I ever get the six-pack apps. Yeah. Because, right?
1: Right. And well, a lot of people will think that person is confident because, because. they're showcasing their six-pack apps. Yeah. But are they? Like, right. they don't know that. They just... So it's just, it's visual, it's all visual and instant gratification and feeling like we need that in order to be confident. And it's, you don't know, you just, you don't know what that person is doing. And you just, it's, if I can just stress enough, like just be you and focus on you and make sure that you are making yourself happy and not, Focusing on anything else.
0: Well, and so there, there was a, we were trading some things before too. I love this, you know, the concept of how do you hold firm to accepting yourself while striving for self improvement. And I feel like that. Then I love how you set the table for that. Um, I'm because I'm well. I want you. I was just out. <laughs> yes, but what do you? What, what do you say to that? So it's like you want to improve, but then you want to accept yourself so that you don't beat yourself up.
1: Right. Well, my big thing is I want to, like if my life were to end now
2: Uh
1: or I just want to be able to say that I did everything that I possibly could in order to being able to be the best version of me. Okay. And so I can be happy. I can be happy with the way that my life is in a certain area But I could be unhappy, and that doesn't mean that you're now all of a sudden unhappy in that area. Gotcha. Okay. And so I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'm a happy person, and, you know, so I'm just going to love my body.
2: Mm.
1: That's good. I'm glad that you're going to love your body. But are you doing everything that you possibly can to make ensure that your body is healthy? Mm. And so I think a lot of people get hung up on that you know, that we are preaching that they need to lose weight and that they need to be a size two and that we need to And and no, like, it's just, you can't stop and and be complacent. Like, I just, you can't just be okay with mediocrity. Like, I just feel like you can't do that. And so, for me, I always like to say self-improvement is the antidote to complacency.
2: Okay.
1: You just, you have to constantly be focusing on one area of your life. And when I say that, it's like because people think that fitness and nutrition is the one thing that's going to make them happy. I think it's just because social media does a good job in saying, well, you're going to be happy if you're safe, too. And so they fixate on that number. And they fixate on the number on the scale. They fixate on the number of gene size. Whatever it is, they fixate on that number and think that that's what they have to be. And then there's this big push now for the self-love. And and I do. I love it. I have three girls, and I want to make sure that they feel like they're enough and that their worth is beyond, like, they have value beyond what they believe and all of these things. But at the same time, I don't want them to ever feel like they have to be okay with where they, like, just with what they are at that moment. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, I just, I want women to see that they can always improve. And not because what they are is bad, but because there's always something that is even greater.
0: Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I just pulled up on the fly here. The, yeah. There's another book called The Happiness Trap, okay. which talks about getting caught up in this trap yeah. of what makes me happy. And they lay out these two <laughs> um, definitions of happiness that I, I love. Look, it's even highlighted. You didn't even highlight it. Right? Even highlight it. Um, so, okay. This says, uh, what exactly is happiness? We all want it. We all crave it. We all strive for it. Um, the word happiness has two very different meanings. The common meaning of the word is feeling good. In other words, feeling a sense of pleasure, gladness, or gratification. We all enjoy those feelings, so it's no surprise we chase them. However, like all human emotions, feelings of happiness don't last. No matter how hard we try to hold on to them, they slip away every time. And as we shall see, a life spent in pursuit of those good feelings is, in the long term, deeply unsatisfying. In fact, the harder we chase after pleasurable feelings, the more we are likely to suffer from anxiety and depression. But here's the good good part, right? The other far less common meaning of happiness is living a rich, full, and meaningful life. When we take action on the things that truly matter deep within our hearts, move in directions that we consider valuable and worthy, clarify what we stand for in life, and act accordingly, then our lives become rich and full and meaningful, and we experience a powerful sense of vitality. This is not some fleeting feeling, it's a profound sense of a life well-lived, and although such a life will undoubtedly give us many pleasurable feelings, it will also give us uncomfortable ones, such as sadness, fear, and anger. This is only to be expected if we live a full life, we'll live a full range of human emotion. So, like, I love that one, because it's the, what's important to us, you know, and, and Um, not just always chasing the happiness, you know, that the the, the six pack abs will make me happy. The car will make me happy. The money will make me happy. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Right. And I think a lot of people get hung up in that. Like I say, there's a certain way to be and Mm -hmm. that's what's going to make you happy instead of just saying, okay, I'm happy where I'm at and like with so you know, fitness, I'm going to just throw that in. Like a lot of people are saying, okay, CrossFit, like we need to be a CrossFitter and that's the way that fitness needs to be. And so someone tries CrossFit Mm -hmm. and they absolutely hate it. Yeah. Like they just don't love it. And so they come away now feeling like they're not good enough. Right. Like they come away feeling like, okay, well, I didn't like CrossFit. And so, that doesn't make me a good enough person. Yeah. Or someone goes into, for example, I'll go in and I'll, like, I will tell you, when Zumba came out, like, I am the horrible dancer. <laughs> and, like, now high fitness is huge. And yeah. I have some good friends that are high fitness instructors. They're amazing at it. They love it. I think it's an amazing workout. But I hate it. Okay. Like, I go into it. And not because, I think the workout, I like the workout. But as a mom of three children my body's not the same and so i tend to you know my bladder does not do well Uh with all the jumping and so for me it makes it miserable and i don't walk away from that feeling great yeah i could walk away and say well for now i'm not going to be able to be you know like exercise Mm -hmm. you know i'm not good enough i can't do high fitness i can't do all those things instead of just saying oh That wasn't for me. Let's find something else. Right, exactly. And so I think people get so hung up on that thing of like, okay, well, because I'm choosing not to do this, this diet or I'm choosing not to do this avenue of fitness, that now I'm not good enough. And so... They don't want to continue to improve in other areas, yeah. and that's what I really try and coach. Is like, okay, well, no, we're not going to do that just because your friend did it and it worked for her. Okay, yeah. let's figure out what's going to work for you. Not everyone's an ultra runner. Yeah. I've told you before. Yeah. We even started <laughs> yeah, this. Like, I'm good with thirteen point one. Stop me I know. at thirteen point
0: one. Boy, I I, I say one. I was at a my wife did a triathlon with some friends, and I was just there, and I'm saying to one of the husbands, I was like, doesn't just make you just want to do one, and he and he was like. Oh, absolutely not. No. And, you know, no. no. I, no and, and I can't lie. In my mind, I thought, he's just saying that because he doesn't want to do it. And then we were, uh, boy, third mention of a parade. We were at one of the parades, League mm-hmm. of Parades. And uh, he was talking about uh, firearms. And, he, and, and it's something like, don't, don't you just want to go shoot at a shooting range? And I was like, oh, no. no. I, I have no, no, I don't. So I was okay. like, okay. And he was like, see, that was me with the running. I mean, we're all different.
1: Right. right, and I, people, instead of thinking that we're different and thinking, well, that just won't work for me and that's okay, it's instantly thought, okay, well, now I'm not good yeah. enough. Yeah, and
0: I was even thinking that, may, yeah. that's Right,
1: or like, oh, well, I don't want to run an ultra, but now that means that I'm not going to be an ultra, which means that I'm really not good enough right. to run an ultra, which, like, it's just this whole thought. And so I just really feel like, self-love and everything yes. comes from a place of finding what is working for you and what you really are passionate about and what you really love and always trying to focus on that and work for that and not just saying i love my body and i love you know i love being a wife and a mom and all of those things are great but constantly making sure that you are Always trying to be the best version of you that
0: you can. Um, I'm going to cram something that might not make sense, but I love this concept of and therapy a lot. Uh, people <laughs> want their, their point A, and they already want to know what Z is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, you know, so then if Z, if they thought Z was CrossFit and it didn't work, then they're like, that didn't work. Right. But I'm a big fan of get the B, and then at B you'll look at C, and C will look somewhere different, mm-hmm. right?
1: Right, yeah. yeah. I don't think that you can always just say, stop. Yeah. After, like, you can always just, nope it doesn't work. And when you do that, that's where you're just going to you're just going to live in a place of unhappiness. I always say, like if you live a life of cannots instead of I can, mm-hmm. you're always going to live in a place of unhappiness yeah. and negativity. Like you're never going to just move. And if you just say I can't or, you know, like I even with my kids when they say I can't do that, I say no, 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 no. <laughs> It's not that you can't. Yeah. It's that you're choosing not to. Or you haven't found something that you're able to do or like at the moment. But I was like, don't say I can't. Yeah. You know, or, you know, like someone, a client or someone will say, well, I can't because of, no, no, it's not that you can't. Okay. We're, we're using those excuses. Let's find solutions around, around it. So I can't work out. And I talk about this with, you know. Confidence is like I can't work out because of the sleep that I'm not getting at night because of my baby. Okay, well, it's not that you can't, you're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. So let's find a solution for it instead of an excuse.
0: And taking the shame or guilt out of that, right. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the because I know that sometimes it's funny that you say that um, when people find my background or they come in to see me as a, a client. It's often they're like, and, and I know, I, you know, I'm not exercising like I should or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not even going there. Yeah. And then, and then if they, they even say like, I don't have time or whatever, I feel like a lot of people already hear in their head the, I mean, I know I'm not, I'm choosing not to take the time and they, and they say it was such like, what's wrong with me or I'm broken. And you know, I want to say, no, that that's awareness. Now what do we do with it?
1: Right. It's owning your choices. Yeah, yeah, like that's what yeah. I talk big and like, I'm huge with is owning your choices. Like if you're going to say that. That's fine. fine. Be okay with it. And if you are, and that's what's changed me and changed my coaching big time. It's just it's okay to have those feelings and it's okay to to not want to do something. Or it's okay to say, I'm gonna eat this cookie, or it's okay to say, I'm gonna go to the movies and I'm gonna have a bag of popcorn. Like it's okay. You, you just have to be, s- like, okay like with following it.
0: following me around? I mean, the yeah. <laughs> cookies, the popcorn, that's, like, my go-to. Maybe you're just...
1: I'm just... It's everything that's happening. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. No, yeah, um, eating is no, my but jam. I, but that's <laughs> so good, though. And I
0: even love that you say that, that eating... Because people are going to look at your account, and they're going to think that, again, that, I love that you told this story because they're going to think, oh, it's easy for her. I mean, that, that, no. right? And do you get people that say that, or, or...
1: um, Not so much that people will say it, but, like, they'll... It's... A big thing in the fitness industry for people is like, well, it's easy for you to be happy. Yeah. It's easy for you to be happy because, you know, the way. But, no, I mean, you don't know where I've been. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't know yeah, where yeah. I've been, what I've done to get here. Oh. But at the same time, it's also just like, it. it happiness is different for everyone. It doesn't, right. it doesn't look the same on everyone. So you can't compare your happiness to my happiness. Mm. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But, um I had a thought. I don't remember where you asked me a question and I turned it off. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking of
0: movie theater popcorn. Movie to be theater popcorn. Oh, Yeah. Oh, so, know. so, uh, and just the one more quick thing too. I love that. Um, again, goes back to that people. I want people to follow you on social media. It's very inspirational, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, but just know that, that you are, it is not, you're not saying look at me. I mean, right. That's,
1: I try not to. But I mean, yeah. it's, it
0: just blows my mind because, and, and I'm not saying that I thought that, that, I mean, I guess I joked earlier that I thought you'd have your <laughs> makeup department and oh, you know, my, that kind of stuff, right? My, but, uh, my but,
1: fan club that follows me around. Right, right
0: but I just, I love that to, to where your story started to now where you are helping people, that takes something. I mean, it does. What got you there? That, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a great poem, and while you're talking, I'm going to look it up, but it talks about, you know, who are we to be small? Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Tell tell me what yeah. How'd you How yeah. how did you get there? We're now you, you know go through that amazing story and now it's a it really is. I want I want all my listeners to follow you on Instagram <laughs> to to you know look at your programs. And to then, how
1: did I get here? Yeah. Honestly, it's because of you. Like people like just seeing that my story can make an impact. Okay. And, and also just what I've been able to learn throughout the process and meeting different people. Um, it's just, it continues to make me want to share my story and, and not so much my story of being in this unhappy place, but my story that I can help my story that you don't have to feel the way that you feel like you don't have and also my story of changing the view of fitness and nutrition mm. and what people view it as. And I mean, I try my hardest on my feet to make sure that it is positive and I will showcase the struggles that I have. Yeah. But I also firmly believe And this is where comparison, I think, has two sides that people don't look at. Okay. Is there is the side that people are comparing to the visual and the six-pack. And and I say that a lot, the six-pack's hour, whatever, that visual. And and they're comparing themselves. And, you know, they'll say, oh, comment on a video of mine and say, oh, your arms are so buff. I want your arms or something like that. And that's comparison. But then I'll put a post up that will talk about struggles that I'm going through. And it'll talk about, you know, the way that I view my body and the flaws that I have on my body. And people love it. Mm -hmm. And they just say, oh, my gosh, it's amazing and it's wonderful. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. And I will continue to do it because I think it's it's great to be vulnerable. And it's great to show people that, you know, they're not alone. But at the same time, you're still comparing. You're comparing Mm -hmm. yourself. To someone else's loss. Because what happens when you start seeing someone else feel like talk negative or whatever? You start feeling better about yourself. Because you're saying, oh, they're like me. I like it. You're comparing again. Mm -hmm. And so I struggle. I really struggle with that. Because... I want people to just be themselves and to find value in themselves and to not look at me and say, I want her arms, but also to not look at me and say, Oh, well I like her because she still has gone through this and that, and that totally is okay. Yeah. And so I think that comparison works on both ends. And people don't look at it like that. They no, don't look I love at that. it like that.
0: Cause you know, I, I think I made, I, I'll make these comments about my ADD brain. And then I think one time I finally on an episode said, Oh, no, I literally have ADD, the diagnosis. Yeah. And and I got more feedback from that than anything where it right. was like, you know, it was the, ah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay. Yeah. You know. And I
1: think it's good to show that because yeah. I think it's good to find people that you can connect with mm-hmm. and people can relate to you. And I think that's amazing. But I don't want people to find happiness through someone else's yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, do you want to know all the ADD things I didn't talk about during this? What was that? Um, your, what your favorite ice cream was uh, with the stroller fitness. <laughs> I wanted to know, like, I pictured that you, you know, you're, like, picking up the strollers and all that kind of stuff, too. Or there were lots of things that I held back on. That you
1: held back? Well, favorite yeah. ice cream is anything with peanut butter in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, you just, chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, let's, let's not do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and stroller thing. I can't picture like, like
0: throwing the strollers around. No, 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 no. We just
1: the kids sit in the stroller, well, and then I we thought, like oh, use yeah. the stroller and we'll like lunge with the stroller. Okay. We use resistance bands, but the best part is, mm-hmm. and I have, I'm not gonna do it on the podcast because I can't sing. It's so much greater with a like a a lot of women in it because then they don't hear me sing. but yeah. We'll like count and do nursery rhymes, oh. and we'll like do our ABCs as we're like doing lateral I mean, nice. minivan walks, and we're like A that, right? B C D one <laughs> two. Like I mean, it was it's amazing. Okay. People will laugh and mock me. No, it's but- great, right? And
0: uh, how funny then is that now I break into this "Our Deepest Fear" poem by Marianne Williamson because there you you know now I'm gonna make you feel like why are you not seeing <laughs> it was with because right here it no, says you, that, you know who are you uh, the you're playing small does not serve the world right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to sing a nursery rhyme. But I mean, I really do love that. that and that's part of what I was going to say. I'm so, I just, I love your story. I'm so grateful that you came on here. I want everybody to follow you. And I love that when you came in, that we already planned our next podcast. It's going to be imposter syndrome. Right. And, and, Let's and not putting ourselves out there and, yeah. and how, how hard that can be. But in this poem, it does it. just says, um, you know, our deepest, I, I won't read the whole thing, I promise, but it says our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate, but it's that we're powerful beyond measure. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's not our light, uh, or it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. And we ask ourselves, and this is the part I love who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you to not be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. Nothing enlightening about shrinking, so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Um, we're all meant to shine. So that's that. Love it. Oh, right. I mean, that one. Right. kind of makes me a little tear. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, 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 yeah, can't wait to get on again. I'm so grateful that you came in. Where do people find you?
1: They can find me on all social media platforms. Uh, eat squat, it's eat.squat.mom for Instagram, so you have to put that little period in between there. And then no dot for Facebook, so eat squat mom. And then um, I have the website, eat squat mom.com. I have my blog on there. And uh, then you can also find me on Pinterest as well. Oh, Same thing. And right. Squat mom all over the
0: board. Hey, Elizabeth, what a what a joy! Yeah, right? yeah. Um I, I don't know if you noticed, but so the bit for anybody listening where the video is going to go up on YouTube, um, I must not have hit start at the beginning. Oh
2: yeah. So you,
0: you know, so maybe, we're what we're an hour, and then we're over here. We're at, there's about six or seven minutes of just pure gold. <laughs> Did not make it <laughs> onto the they video. They didn't even right? hear it. Yeah. But, all right. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, no and, problem. Uh, can't wait
0: till you. Thanks you for join having me again. Yeah. All right, thanks.
2: Flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind is wonderful. Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour. They push aside the